Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. You're going to love this. You're going to absolutely love this. It took ages to come up with this. Yeah. It's a brilliant premise. If anyone thinks we organise ourselves and think of a topic hours or even a ridiculous day before we record, this is an example that I am learning what we're going to be talking about at exactly the same time as our listeners. I know. It's quite nice, the element of surprise, isn't it? It kind of mixes things up a little bit. Yeah. What's that bear doing behind you? <laughs> <laughs> Not that sort of surprise. No, no, no. So, but New Zealand have declared all animals sentient beings. You know, isn't that good? Why all they, animals. Why have they done that? Well, because it's true. You know, these people that go to restaurants and pick a lobster or something, mm. they did research and they found that when you plunge a living creature like a lobster into a pan of boiling water, it actually feels pain. Mm. And people are telling me this, and I'm like, I would have guessed that. Actually, mm. I would have guessed it didn't like that. Mm. Anyway. What's the surprise? The surprise today <laughs> is during lockdown, I've been coming up with lots of different things to keep myself busy, keep myself occupied. So welcome, Graham. Uh-huh. Welcome to my new game show. The game okay. show is called What Kind of Drunk Are You? What kind and I'll of... be your host, Emily Baum. <laughs> so what kind of drunk are you? I think it's a brilliant idea for a game show. What kind of drunk are you? But a lot of people, if they're the sort of drunk that fall over utterly, utterly out of their level of drinking, they wake up the next day and say, what happened yesterday? So how do they know what sort of drunk they are? Oh, everyone knows what kind of drunk they are. You reckon? Oh, yeah, they've seen proof nowadays because you've got smartphones and people have been recording you or taking photographs of you, so you know. And there are different categories of drunk You've got the drunk that starts to cry and starts to get very emotional. You've got the drunk that just falls asleep. You've got the drunk that falls over. You've got the drunk that will go and go and go and go and go and then be sick. Oh. <laughs> so we all know <laughs> what type of drunk we are, but there are all different categories. And when was the last time you were drunk? This is why I don't go out. You've already mentioned there are so many smartphones to record what mm. sort of a drunk you are. I just drink here. I don't go out. Last time I saw a human being, years ago, I never get drunk. <laughs> Prove when it. was the last time you got drunk? <laughs> I don't know, probably not long ago. <laughs> probably. probably uh, Half <laughs> hour. If I'd have known your choice of topic, it would have been a few minutes ago. <laughs> I love to like that. <laughs> if you like that. So do you get sleepy when you've been drinking? Are you like... No. If I've been working round the clock, Mm. The longest stint I ever did when I was providing some music for a corporate launch of something, I think it was a Jaguar XJS, mm. and they needed this music. The deadline was the launch of the car, so you can't deliver the music late. Mm. I worked for 72 hours non-stop. Mm. Surprisingly, when the music had gone, and so I was free to go home and go to bed, I didn't feel like sleeping. I was still buzzing, I suppose. So a friend and I went across the road to a pub Mm. and got drunk. (laughs) So (laughs) there's a case where I probably did get sleepy as I got more and more drunk because I hadn't slept for so many hours. And 
there was a man kept coming up as I got more and more drunk, and he wanted to tell riddles and jokes, and I just wanted him to go away. He was like a, a pesky mosquito. I remember he was saying, the answers are always some sort of money. What would you call Neptune, Pluto, and Venus? And I'm like, could you just go away, please? No, what do you call? And he'd give the name of these planets again, and I'd, I'd say, I don't know, what do you call them? And he'd go, three farthings. Three farthings. And I'm like, that's really old money, and I'm not interested. Would you please go away? So there I was being perhaps a bit of one of those tetchy drunks. Normally I'm a happy drunk. If, if I had to describe myself, I'd be a happy drunk. And if you asked loads of my friends who'd been drunk with me, they'd say I wasn't. <laughs> they'd say, what? No, he's miserable. He sits in the corner moaning. That's all he does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a gremlin drunk. A gremlin drunk? If I'm in a really good mood and you're going out with friends and you're having a few drinks, then I am the one that usually causes mischief oh. and trouble. Oh. Like, I think it's very funny to go up to a guy at the bar and tell them that one of my single friends is incredibly easy. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. This is really entertaining. And then I'll usually end up in McDonald's ordering about six burgers at three in the morning. <laughs> and then I just pass out and I just fall asleep. So you're a combination drunk. I am. I'm up and I'm down. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm more drink, you know. But I also have a hard stop, so I do know when to stop drinking. I'm not the sort of person that will drink until you pass out or throw up. I stop well before that because I'm a little bit of a control freak, so I kind of have to stop. Well, at university, I did learn that you can just keep drinking until you pass out. I did. I came round as two or three of my friends were carrying me out of the dance hall. You know, I had moves like Jagger. No problem. <laughs> Hall. When was this? 1948? <laughs> what dance are we in? We'd gone to the boogie woogie bop that night. It's the effect of saying three farthings. <laughs> Brought you back in time. I was, so, I was so careful to say that's old money. When in fact, you know, I was thinking Roman coins. <laughs> I was oh looking Lord. forward to the invention of that. <laughs> University is a nightmare for alcoholic experimentation, though, isn't it? It is the time. If you're yeah. going to drink too much and you're going to have stories to tell about it, then university is where it's going to happen. Can I tell you a tale? Go on, then. So when I was at university, my flatmate had said to me, don't forget, we're having a flat inspection in the morning. I said, yeah, no problem at all. I was going out that night. She said, but just promise me you won't because the lady's going to want to come around and see all the rooms. So you must be up in time so that we look like we're, you know, respectable members of the community that they're renting to. And I said, yeah, of course, no problem. Anyway, I went out. I drank far too much. It was one pound bottle night at the student union which was basically where they looked at the back of the cupboard and realised they had certain drinks that were going out of date or had gone out of date. So you were able to buy them for a pound a bottle. So needless to say, I got very drunk and didn't get home till early in the morning. Completely forgot that we were having a flat inspection. So next day, I'm fast asleep in bed. There is a knock on the door. I go, yes, what? And there is my flatmate with this lady doing the inspection. So I literally brightly smile with my head on the pillow underneath my Fraggle Rock duvet, I hasten to add, and say, yes, hello, lovely to see you. Everything else really nice. As you can see, we take good care of the flat, blah, blah, blah. And they both got horrified, but left. 
Once the lady had left, I went and spoke to my flatmate and went, I think, you know, I did all right. And she went, but you completely forgot she was coming. I said, yeah, but she'd never have known. She went, Emily, you were asleep in your own sick. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is horrible. So no. I'd welcomed this woman with sick all the way down one side of oh, my face. No. And all over the pillow of my Fraggle Rock duvet. Oh, that is bad. <laughs> I found, because I had the training of a Grimsby upbringing mm -hmm. near the docks, People who work on trawlers tend to come back to shore for three days, so they tend to get drunk during those three days. When I went to university, I found I could drink quite a lot, and I was meeting people who perhaps had never drunk more than a little bit in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of drunken people around. One evening, went back to the place I was in digs with, and against the rules, we brought two of our fellow drunks with us. Because our landlady, lovely woman, Mrs. McInnes, left a flask of coffee and sandwiches for when we got back in the evening. This is definitely 1948. Oh. <laughs> Mrs. McInnes, the landlady for the young single men's home. Yeah. Leaving out a flask <laughs> of coffee and some finger sandwiches for you. Good Lord. <laughs> well, you don't experience it because you probably go to those posh all of residence things. No, we got fleas. You got fleas? Yes, unsuspected sepsis at one point and carbon monoxide poisoning. We didn't have a Mrs McGuinness and a flask of coffee. I managed to overdose on Benelin once. It was a terrible time. I mean, nowadays they try loads of different things to get high, but I mean, trying all those things, Emily, <laughs> why don't you just drink gin and tonic or something? Thunderbird. <laughs> so we went back and one of our group, Simon, who desperately, desperately, apparently, needed a pee. But he'd never been there before, because it was against the rules mm. to bring other students back. And so we said, it's upstairs, top of the stairs, first door on the right. He only made it halfway up the stairs. And somebody said, Graham, Simon's being himself <laughs> against the wallpaper halfway up the stairs. And they're drunk, so I said, oh, for goodness sakes, I went. And just like a cat, Simon, knowing he was being discovered, <laughs> ran up the stairs, still peeing. Oh, no. So he gets into the bathroom, and I'm trying to keep everything quiet because Mr and Mrs McGuinness were in their bedroom, no doubt, listening to all of this. And Simon said, I'm fine. I'm fine now. I just, I'm, I'm really sorry. I am absolutely fine. So I came back down to the other guys and heard this huge crash. Ran up the stairs again into the bathroom where Simon had decided he was so tired, like you do when you're drunk, so tired he'd rest and he'd chosen his seat to be the towel rail. Oh, no. Which, yeah, which promptly <laughs> fell out of the wall, bringing plaster with it. And he crumpled down on one of those linen baskets, you know, they're made of whatever they're made of, soft things. So Simon was there on the floor laughing at how funny all of this was. As he got up, apologising again, he went out and somehow thought that the way to get downstairs was through one of the doors on the landing. Oh, no. And to my horror, just like a cat knows what it shouldn't do, but it's going to do it anyway, he opened the bedroom door of Mr. and Mrs. McKinnon. Oh, no. As I pushed him back, I lost balance because <laughs> I was a bit drunk and found myself grabbing the door handle and swinging inside and seeing these two people sitting bolt upright like scared rabbits. Look at my head popping round the door as I tried to make it all better by saying something like, oh, it's fine, there's no problem, everything's fine, <laughs> and swung back out thinking, I think I covered that all right. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, drunk. Oh, 
drunk is terrible. I used to think I was a bit of a stunt person when I'd had a drink. When you when you drink, you get braver, huh? don't you? You get braver and you think you can do things you couldn't normally do. Oh, I take a duvet with me <laughs> so I can hide under it. I used to do things like roll down the stairs backwards. Yeah, well, I do, but with a duvet. Safer with a duvet. <laughs> it would have been wiser with a duvet. And I used to do, like, my martial arts moves. Well, I'm, I've never done martial arts. I'm useless. I put my foot through a wall once <laughs> and woke up the next day with a broken foot. Ow. That was clever thinking. Ow. Yeah, but the night before, hadn't felt it. I fell down two flights of stairs coming out of a nightclub. <gasps> but the brilliant thing was, is I fell down the first flight of stairs, got my legs stuck in the banisters, <sighs> stood up, and went, it's all right, I'm fine, and then promptly fell back down again. And I fractured... You're not friends with Simon, are you? <laughs> <laughs> How do I find these people? Can you imagine if Simon and I had gone for a night out at university? Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Just destroyed no. everything. Yeah, I fractured my ankle, and I fractured the base of my spine when I did that one. Um <gasps> Oh, I was just a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. It was full. You, you know, see, I regretted being in the digs. I thought, why didn't I go to live in a hall of residence like a lot of students? Mm. Why did I want sort of the real life? And then one day, I was walking past one of the halls of residence, and about the second floor up, there were these tiny little windows that I think were off the staircase, and there was a student who had tried for some reason to get out of one of these tiny little windows and found he could wedge his shoulders through, but then he was stuck. And he's thinking, can you help me? I'm stuck. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not a Hall of Residence type person. I'll tell one of your <laughs> colleagues. I'm more the try and repaper a landlady's stairway before the morning. Where can you buy? Where can, where can you buy waterproof wallpaper? <laughs> yeah, and buy some of that plaster that sets in about 20 minutes so you can get the towel rail back up. I'm more that sort of one. My first year of university, I was in a small Hall of Residence, right? And we didn't know anyone. We were first years, fresh, fresh, literally off the boat. We were in Scarborough. We decided we were going to throw a party because we were at university and that's what university students did. But we didn't know anyone at university because we'd just arrived. So we went to the bar and we just invited a load of randoms to our little house for this party. And it was, it was a great party. We had far too many people turn up, loads of them we didn't know. But we kind of announced to everyone that we'd now arrived at this university until the next morning where some of the other people that lived in our house had not enjoyed the party the night before because they weren't really into parties and they particularly didn't appreciate it when they went in the fridge and found that most people had eaten their food <gasps> and someone had been sick in the freezer. Oh, no. <laughs> and if that wasn't bad enough, no. and they went to go and use the microwave, someone had been sick in the microwave too. Oh, no. <laughs> I will say that drinking is uh, probably a developed skill. Once back in Grimsby, I was with a trawler man. They always wanted to wear a suit when they went out, so they always got changed. So this guy said, I'll come back to mine, I'll get changed quick, and then we'll get a cab to the club. He said, would you like a drink? And I said, oh, yes, please. Mm. So he got a bottle of whiskey, which most fishermen seem to drink, and he poured a tumbler, so it was absolutely full, like the meniscus oh was God. round the yeah. edge. A huge glass of whiskey. And I thought, crikey, how long do you need to get changed? You know, are we going to be until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but he got changed pretty quick and to my horror, took his tumbler of whiskey, drank it down in one, mm. said, come on then. And I'm like, 
Ah, uh, as you're taking a petite sip, thinking, I think we are going to be here till tomorrow at this rate. And then you think, oh, you are pathetic, Graham. Just drink it down, your inner voice says, as the other voice says, don't do it, Graham. But you do. And as it glugs <laughs> down and you're thinking, oh, no, oh, no. For the rest of the night, I was completely away with whatever fairy took me. You know, I told you you shouldn't drink it, Graham. I told you you shouldn't drink it. I think I ended up, when everybody else had gone, that I was having such a good night, I wanted to stay, and I remember listening to this vocalist. She seemed to be the best vocalist ever in the world, ever anywhere. There were about three people left in this club about four o'clock in the morning as she was wailing on. And I'm thinking, oh, she not only is she beautiful, she's got a fabulous voice. <laughs> Alcohol changes your senses. People that you think okay. the night before when you've had a few drinks, you're like, that. oh, my gosh, that person is stunning. They're absolutely beautiful. And then you see them a couple of days later and you go, oh, my God, what happened to their face between then and now? They're completely different to the way that they were when <laughs> yeah. I saw them. <laughs> I think right. you learn lessons, don't you? As you said earlier, you tend to drink a lot less because you realise that the people who say you should not drink alcohol were right all <laughs> along. And then something happens in your day and you think, I'm just going to have a bottle of wine. <laughs> I know it's wrong. I know it's bad. You shouldn't do this, but I just need it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I find being a parent makes you drink more. But you don't drink the way that you used to drink. So I wouldn't drink during the week. And then I'd drink heavily all through the weekends. Mm -hmm. When you went out with friends and stuff, it was kind of the given. But now you tend to have a few glasses every night and everything else, but you don't really get drunk. Yeah. You know, it's a different type of thing. I'm interested now, if that's your pattern of drinking, mm. did you find that your friends started saying, oh, I only want to see you during the week, Emily? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with your weekend, no. Emily. No. I, wa I want the week. They rather enjoyed unleashing me at weekends. I mean, I spent a lot of time <laughs> with my T-shirt over my head running around flashing my bra, really classy moves like that. Uh, me and my best mate, Joe used to be both a combined nightmare. She would always be trying to snog everything that moved. She was the one that would drink too much early on in the evening. You know, everyone's got one of those friends that will be yeah. absolutely plastered by nine o'clock, just as everyone else in your group has just started going. And they okay. are barely able to stand up when you're like that. Oh, for God's sake, Joe, you do this every <laughs> single time. So you know you've got to take that person to McDonald's or a takeaway at nine o'clock, give them some food so that you can then enjoy the rest of the evening. But Jo's yeah. another one. She's a nightmare. She got stuck in a cow grate once. We went to a wedding in Ireland and we were staying in a hotel. And oh, a cow grid, one of those yeah, grid things. Yeah, a grate, yeah. When you said she got stuck in a cow grate, I was thinking <laughs> there was a comma there and you were celebrating the fact she got stuck in a cow. No. I was slightly horrified thinking this is like that Yorkshire vet programme. <laughs> it wasn't far from that, actually. No, we're coming out of <laughs> a pub in the middle of nowhere in Ireland and she had cork wedges on. And she fell down a cow grate. <laughs> uh, can we send cork wedges us in the, the county cork? This is a confusing story. <laughs> but Jo's also one of those sorts of people that when she drinks, she falls over as well. She's like Simon. Ah, I've got a friend who's very, very tall. Yeah. And he's very stocky. People don't want him in their pub. So I went to a pub. We sat down, had a drink, and a bloke came over and said, that's your last one, I'd like you to leave now. And we said, uh, why? And they pointed at Rob and said, we don't want any trouble. And Rob said it happens to him quite often. 
that people assume, because he's big, if he gets drunk, they won't be able to deal with him, so they mm. don't want him there at the point he becomes drunk. I mean, has this happened to you and your duvet friends? I'm assuming <laughs> all of your friends take duvets based on what you've said. <laughs> they shield themselves. No. Drunk women no. can be a nightmare in a nightclub at two in the morning. I can imagine. Some of the nastiest fights I've ever seen has been with women, and I always think, ugh, why do you... I'm not a fighter, Graham. No. I'm not, I don't drink and then want to start a fight. No, of course not. I want to have a good time and a laugh and mess around and think I can dance really well, even though I can't. Fighting was big in Grimsby amongst fishermen. They mm. seemed to know if you were a fisherman or not, and they'd leave you alone. Really? I was in a pub in Grimsby. It was a rough, rough fish. Pub. Went rough to the loo. fish pub or rough ish pub? <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to set the scene. Probably a bit of both. And this man came in next to me at the urinals and he clearly had been fighting. He was holding his head, battered, looking. And I'm thinking, oh dear, how, how bad? He went straight out, shouted like, Rah! and ran at this <laughs> bloke who had been fighting. So they'd actually got the protocol of having a break for going to the toilet. <laughs> so, yeah, would you a comfort say, break. Would you say that you were the inspiration for Fisherman's Friends? Because <laughs> you seem to be, you seem to be friends with the fisherman who groups me. My trawler friend, my fisherman friend. <laughs> I can't say that I've got a fisherman friend. <laughs> no. Except probably one in the bottom of my handbag. In the bottom of your handbag. <laughs> well, don't let's go there either. That's, that's another... That's... Another place we wish to avoid. Have you, you ever woken up somewhere because you've been out and you've had a few to drink? Have you ever woken oh. up someone and gone, oh my God, where am I? Well, I think I've told you about my friend when I fell asleep in a field uh, <laughs> once on the way home from the pub and I was staying about two-mile walk away from the pub and they decided to leave and go home and I was having such a good time, probably the reason they decided to leave and go home, by the way, and about three or four o'clock in the morning, I thought, oh, how do I get there then? So I found myself walking through the countryside, through these fields, and the next thing I knew, it was dawn and I was waking up in this rather attractive little cornfield, thinking, oh, I hope I'm not muddy, which I was a bit. Got to my friend's house, knocked on the door, and that's when Bob came in a negligee belonging to his wife. <laughs> he looked at me with disgust because I was muddy, <laughs> and I looked at him like, oh, nice negligee, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> as he as he pointed at the settee and as you would talk to a dog, like, there, up, sit. And he promptly went back to bed. How about you? Have you woken up I in don't, there? I don't think I have. No, I think I've woken up in people's flats. I think I've woken up in other people's houses and thought, oh, how did I get here? That's a bit have you weird. Have woken up in somebody's house and you don't know whose house it is? You know, mm. you've gone home with the wrong people. No, I don't think I'm that bad. But there have been times where you suddenly go, oh, where am I? Where am I? This isn't good. Um, but no, I'm quite good. I've got a bit of a homing pigeon device that kicks in. So I know okay. when I've done, I'm done. I've done. I've had enough to drink. It's time to go home. And I will literally just get up and go. I might not say goodbye to anybody. I might just go, right, I'm done. I'm going home. I know when I've had my limit and job done. It's bedtime. It's strange how there's a new normal when you've had enough to drink. Once we're at this big concert, came back, went to a pub, and the landlord had run mm -hmm. out of pint glasses. But somebody did say, oh, I remember my mate's got some old-fashioned sweet jars. So we found ourselves drinking what must have been probably about eight pints of beer <laughs> per <laughs> glass. And everybody thinking, oh, this is great. Why doesn't everybody do this? Uh, why do you limit yourself to just a... 
silly little pint glass when you could be drinking these whoppers. Of course, the landlord was absolutely over the moon. You know, oh, I'll have another, I'll have another four, eight pints of beer, please. <laughs> Ridiculous. But you think it's normal till the yeah. next day. That yeah. same night, we had giant lawn snooker because lots of people had come to go to the concert and they brought the sleeping bags lots of different colours, and somebody thought, because it was a beautiful warm evening, it would be a good idea for perhaps one person in the black sleeping bag to sort of hop at other people. And if you knock them over, they had to go to the appropriate pocket. And, of course, some people wanted to be asleep, so they'd quite easily fall over and go into one of the appropriate pockets in the corners or along the edge of the thing. And other people were very competitive, like, I, no, you didn't barge into me. No, I'm the, I'm the Red Bull. I'm still standing. Again, you come up with brilliant new games that at the time when you're drunk just seemed like genius. But we invented one called Bush Push, which I think Bush is Bush. yeah, which I think if quite a few people have played. If you're walking home with your mate and you've both been drinking and you're going past a privet hedge, you basically shove them into the privet hedge. And because they're relaxed and they're drunk, they just fly miles <laughs> into the shrubbery. <laughs> it's it's a game of risk. Yeah. But at two in what the about... morning, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your friends there in the duvets, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> But when you go past where you've been the night before and you just see all these holes in these people's privet hedges that are body-shaped, you do feel a little bit guilty. I hope someone listening to this doesn't send you an invoice. <laughs> Have you ever woken up and found someone in your house you didn't know? I'm so bad with names and faces, I probably have, but was completely <laughs> unaware of it. <laughs> I remember we used to have people crash all the time and we'd be like, Leslie, who's that bloke in the lounge? And she'd go, I don't know. I thought it was with you. And I'd be like, no, I thought it was with you. <laughs> and then you're sitting there over <laughs> breakfast and toast. You're like, so, oh, uh, what's your, what is it you do again? What did you say you do again? <laughs> I work in the local pub. Oh, okay, so now I've narrowed it down. I know you've worked in the local pub. And your name again is... <laughs> we are a strange lot. You find things out about people. Once we'd been out having a few drinks and one of our friends said, let's go to the back of the laundrette. It's really nice and warm there. And you think, what? <laughs> there you go. But at, but at the time you go, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I love the laundrette. <laughs> it was nice and warm there, actually. <laughs> Basically, it was the back of the where they... The tumble dryers were going. The tumble dryer outlet, yeah. Yeah, a bit linty. Probably enough lint to make your own duvet. <laughs> Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Baum.